Back in 1955, a very wealthy elderly woman found herself at the heart of one of the strangest unsolved true crime cases in Indiana. Well, at least one of the most disturbing true crime cases in Jackson County history, that is. After all, Indiana is a hot spot for unexplained events. Ella Wolka had inherited quite a large fortune from her parents. Though in August of 1955, all of that was taken away from Ella when an unknown intruder broke into her home, tore apart everything she owned, then took her life. Just south of the small town of Valonia, Indiana, in Driftwood Township, lies Starve Hollow, a popular but secluded recreational area nestled in the Jackson, Washington State Forest. Encompassing nearly 300 acres, outdoor enthusiasts flock to Starve Hollow to camp and hike, as well as to swim and fish on the 186-acre Starve Hollow Lake. It was at the edge of Starve Hollow that Christopher Wolka, a German farmer, settled in the 1850s. Though the area was largely unpopulated, Christian saw the great potential of the area. He built a small cabin entirely by hand and purchased several acres of land to begin planting crops. In 1858, he married a woman named Mary, and together the couple had a total of 10 children, most of which were born at home. After years of hard work, the Wolka family had acquired more than 200 acres of property in Starve Hollow as well as several properties in nearby Valonia. By the time of Christian's death in 1893, the family had accumulated a considerable sum of money through land and agricultural leases and even timber sales, and they were considered very wealthy for their time. By 1935, Mary and eight of her children had passed away, leaving only two remaining Wolka children, George, age 59, and the youngest of the siblings, Ella, age 56. Neither George nor Ella ever married, and although they had renovated the cabin their father had built, they continued to live in an extremely modest and frugal lifestyle in Starve Hollow. It was no secret that Ella was wealthy, though she never flaunted it, but aside from whispers of her massive fortune, rumors had also begun circulating around town that Ella, who was referred to as a recluse, was hoarding her wealth somewhere in her cabin in Starve Hollow. Unfortunately, it was this rumor that would ultimately lead to her tragic death in 1955. On the afternoon of August 5th, 1955, 53-year-old Asbury Jarvis, a neighbor of Ella's who lived roughly three miles away, stopped by her cabin in Starve Hollow on his way home from his job at the Jackson State Tree Nursery. It was customary for Asbury to stop by at least once a week to buy corn for his horse, as well as to check in on Ella, who was now 75 and rarely left her bed due to her failing health. As Asbury neared the cabin's front porch, something immediately struck him as odd. A quilt belonging to Ella had been draped across the front window of the home. Ella, who was known to only answer the door for a few select people, always kept her blinds at least a third of the way open so as to leave her space to view who was outside. In an attempt to fight the heat and cold, she kept the rest of the cabin's windows covered with insulated boards. His concerns were furthered when he approached the front door and peered inside the creepy cabin. Papers, pictures, clothing, and other debris littered the home's floor, making it apparent something was very wrong. After calling out into the creepy and abandoned home and receiving no response from Ella, Asbury went inside to investigate. 
He made his way through the abandoned cabin. However, Ella lived without electricity, which only added to the darkness and eerie feeling within the humid home. Asbury found his way to Ella's room, only to be met with a truly disturbing scene. Ella lay dead, bound to her bed with a pillow covering her face. Asbury ran from the cabin to the home of Raymond Wolf, Ella's closest neighbor, to get help. Raymond Wolf had been leasing property from Ella for the last 30 years. In that time, Ella had grown very close to both Raymond and his wife, Louise. Just two months prior to her murder, Ella's health had begun to rapidly decline, and during that time, the Wolf family did not hesitate to take her in and care for her until she was well enough to return home three weeks later. After hearing of this grim crime scene discovery and with flashlights in hand, Raymond and Louise raced back to the cabin with Asbury to confirm his findings. Using the only real amenity that she owned, Raymond used Ella's phone to call the police. Ella was found lying face up, fully clothed in the midst of her crime scene. The only thing missing were her shoes, and she'd been bound using strips of cloth from a blue polka dot dress that she owned. Her hands and wrists had been tightly tied behind her back, and her feet had been tied together and secured to the bedposts at the foot of her bed. When the pillow was removed from Ella's face, she was found to have been gagged. A rag had been stuffed in her mouth, and a strip of cloth had been wrapped around her head so tightly that it caused her jaw to dislocate. She was also blindfolded. Ella had a small head wound, however her ultimate cause of death was determined to have been suffocation. Ella's dilapidated cabin had been torn apart from top to bottom. Aside from dumping out her wardrobe, chests, closet, and cabinets, Ella's killer had torn up the flooring, ripped open pillows and cushions, and even dismantled the few pieces of furniture that she owned. After destroying the four interior rooms and the attic, the criminal responsible turned his attention to the outside fruit cellar and a shed. There, he knocked down shelves and again tore up the floor, all undoubtedly in search of Ella's supposed hidden fortune. Detectives believed that Ella's killer gained entrance through a rear porch door, as the latch on the door was found to be broken. Because her killer had left her home in shambles, police were unable to immediately investigate what, if anything, had been stolen. However, two days after carefully sifting through the mountains of evidence left behind, detectives were able to recover a sum of $301 that was found to have been untouched in a small purse that was found in the home, as well as $90 that were found later in a small tin. Later, a flashlight and a uniquely folded dollar bill belonging to Ella were found roughly a mile from her home on a dirt turnaround spot on a rural road. Raymond told detectives that he had last seen Ella two days prior to her unsolved crime. He also informed them that as far as he knew, Ella had not kept any great sums of money at home for quite some time. Concerned for her safety, Raymond and his wife had convinced her that it was best for Ella to keep her money in the bank. Ella agreed and ultimately entrusted the Wolfs with nearly all of her financial affairs, including depositing her money into the bank. When Ella's will was read, it was learned that she'd left the bulk of her fortune, including her property in Starve Hollow, to the Wolf family. Though she had two living nephews and a niece, Ella claimed in her will that they had never done a thing for her, and thus did not deserve the money. She left them each with $25. 
The nephews and niece would later argue that their aunt Ella was not of sound mind when she had made her will. After a short battle in court, the wolves settled with them, agreeing to give them a total of $17,000 to be split amongst the three. Ella was laid to rest in Valonia Cemetery alongside her brother George. Despite a lengthy investigation from police and the questioning of more than 100 potential suspects, the case quickly faded from headlines and remains unsolved. Today, it's one of Jackson County, Indiana's oldest unsolved cases, though it appears Ella's story, like so many others, has been long since forgotten. In case you missed it at the beginning of this video, this video was compiled and written by a friend of the channel, The Bones of Autumn. She's posted countless incredible write-ups about unsolved cases from Indiana on Reddit in the past, but she's now releasing her new book, Unsolved Indiana, Murder Mysteries, Bizarre Deaths, and Unexplained Disappearances. If you liked this story and want to read others just like it, I'll leave a link in the description so that you can pre-order the book on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Now, it won't be available until October, but be sure to place your pre-orders now before it sells out because I imagine it'll first only be available in limited quantities. Also, if you didn't know, I put out music from time to time, and my new single is now available on Apple Music and Spotify. If you'd like to check it out, I'll leave a link for that in the description as well. I can't really play any clips or anything in this video, strictly because of how YouTube's copyright system works, but be sure to check that out if you're interested. But that's the video for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. If you loved it, maybe consider sharing, subscribing, and clicking that blue join button below to really show your support for the channel. But my name is Ty Knotts. You guys have been lovely, and I'll catch you in the next video.